This Fab FM podcast is proudly brought to you by Bendigo Bank, Port Douglas and Mossman. Offering a full range of competitive banking products and technology you'd expect from a big bank with the personal service and care you'd expect from us. Furthermore, the Port Douglas branch is now excited to announce its brand new location at the Saltwater Building, Shop 9, 26 to 30 Macrossan Street. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. Michael Kerr, uh, let's go through the list here. Configuration lot one into two residential lots at Mowbray Road. Now, this is an interesting one because it brings up the town plan and some blocks, some parcels of land don't quite fit into residential and they don't fit into rural. Can you just explain what it's, went on here? It's very frustrating in that area, especially around Mowbray, that under previous regimes of councils, such as when we were Cairns, they were allowed to cut their blocks up into smaller sections. And there are some blocks that are left over at the moment that are halfway in between. They're smaller than the 40 that they need to be under our planning scheme. But, you know, they're, they're too big just to be a rural farm, like for a little house, a hobby type thing. And so we've got quite a few of these blocks left over that are too big to be uh, a rural house, but too small to be a rural farm. So, you know, people like this applicant have come forward and asked if they can cut it in half and turn it into two rural house blocks. But unfortunately, because of the way our planning scheme is and the way the state planning scheme is, yeah, we'd get ourselves in hot water if we were to say yes to it and override the planet. So it's homework we need to do as a council and yeah, I will be pushing forward with the staff to look at this and see how we can go about changing you know, small parts of our planning scheme to allow these little properties that fall through the cracks. And we're certainly not talking about breaking apart our agriculture areas. We don't want that. We need to retain our agricultural areas. But for these small blocks that are in that little section there, we certainly need to do something for them. A bit of tweaking, so to speak. A bit of tweaking, exactly. All right, permanent road closure, Rasmussen Road, Cassowary. Uh, could you explain that to us? Just an old road reserve that goes through a person's property. Yeah, they're just cleaning it up and they want to take hold of that land. So they put an application in. Uh, now, trustee leases, registration of terms for trustee leases, uh, Lisa S had a few problems with this. Well, there are historical issues that we're cleaning up and that's what the staff are doing. They're going through um, some of these old leases that we have with various different bodies and working out what they're supposed to be doing, what they're not supposed to be doing. Do they even have a lease in place, etc. So, yeah, it's really important that council does have leases on all the people that utilise our land, etc. And, and we're in that circuit. And, you know, it's, it, they're cleaning it up and that's really important they're doing that. And, of course, this policy is now just tightening all that up. Revoke busking general policy. So how do you feel about busking? Now you have the entertainment background with the clink and what have you. What's your thoughts on buskers? Well, I love buskers. I think buskers create a great atmosphere. But if you look at Port Douglas and the way it is, there's really nowhere where buskers can go that's on council land as such that they're not going to be interfering with accommodation properties and this is the problem we're having the police are coming to us because someone's out playing bongos in front of a hotel etc so it was silly for us to give them permission to do it if the police were going to move them on so the best place for them to go is on private land and there are different areas like the port village shopping center for example you quite often see the buskers in there that's on private land it's out of council's touch and you know that's up to them to deal with the owners of that private land and make a deal with them to sit on it. But again, if they're making a noise and disturbing, the police will step in and, of course, move them on. Yeah, the buskers are great in areas like Cairns where they've got big malls um, and there's locations for them to go. At the moment, we don't really have anything like that in the area. And, of course, if someone's down busking at Rex Mill Park, 
they're not going to be interfering with someone. So again, it'll just fall under bylaws instead of having a busking policy. Small business friendly charter. What's that about? Fantastic. It's, it's a body that um, you know encourages council to do things for the right way for small businesses, and it's a charter they've got to ensure that we're doing all the appropriate things that are best for our small businesses. And of course, we've agreed to that, and we want to become part of it. Um, and yeah, we look forward to working with them to ensure that we are doing the right thing with all our small businesses. Tourism Port Douglas Daintree Resources Performance Agreement, $400,000-21-22, and $500,000-2023-24. Now, there was a fair bit of discussion on this. Councillor Noly wanted to give them four years. Well, that's right. You know, originally they came to us and asked us for four-year term. Um, but, you know, as I, and I agree with the fact that that may be what they want, but I'm not going to make decisions for the next term of council because that's happened to us before and you get suddenly these costs and well, you can't get out of that because you've got a contract for it. The next term of council, they can decide what they want to give TPDD. So we have to give them enough to cover up until they're covered till 24. Um, there's an election in 24, you know, and that new council, when it's elected, they can decide themselves what they want to fund the tourism body. Anything could happen between now and then. Lisa Scomason said, uh, you know, council hasn't won lotto. That was a quote from her. And uh, we may be paying them too much. Maybe should have been operating on the money that they got last time, 250. I was prepared. I was happy to uh, introduce that by 50,000 uh, for this year, like they requested for the next three or f- three years. Um, I think the big picture is where I'm coming from is, a, is I think TPD does a great job for our tourism in the Shire, but we've got to look at our bottom line and our budget for council. And, um, and I think we need to save as much as we can where we can use that money to utilise other services and um, things for our Shire, for our ratepayers. Were you convinced after uh, the discussion or you still think the ratepayers are paying too much? You know, it was a good discussion and I agree with some of the stuff that was said, but it comes down to um, they did a really good job with their brochure and all the information I provided on 250000 um, I think that they could probably do the same on 300000 if not better. And, um, and I think that's a fair amount of money, uh, especially that we have two Tito positions within council that do work alongside with them and, um, and they work as a group. So I believe that the 300000 was quite a reasonable uh, amount to pay them this year. So maybe they've uh, got 100000 too much in your book. I think it's 100000 too much that could be u- utilised somewhere else within the council. You remember last year I had a lot of concerns with what they were doing with the money and how they were doing the marketing and why they were doing the marketing because they never had any proper documentation to prove it. So we set them the challenge in this last financial year to do that groundwork get a destination tourism plan in place, get a brand strategy in place, get an event strategy in place so you know what you're actually advertising for and why you're advertising, who you're advertising to. You know, and so you're hitting those right markets so you know you're going to get bang for buck for your money. Now they've done that groundwork. They've done a lot of work over the last year. They've presented these documents to us. So at least now we've got confidence saying, okay, we give you $400,000 
you're going to be using it to hit the right markets that we actually really want and we will get the best bang for buck for a dollar yeah and that's was the important part for me to make sure that we know that the spending that we're giving them is actually going to be for the benefit for this shire as far as our tourism goes and now to me is the right time to be marketing i cut it back last year because we foresee that it wouldn't be what required this year we did a lot of work with ttnq as well to ensure that the tourism's remained but now we've got of course moving forward hopefully the international borders within 12 months time will be starting to open up um, and we will be in the right market because we've done the next 12 months worth of marketing overseas as well as um, domestically to ensure that the tourists want to come here it's interesting too, Mariba Council, you were saying at the meeting, uh, around about $700,000 uh, to the tourism, their local tourism, so we've got to compete. We do, and we're not the only ones. When you consider the Gold Coast and Sunshine Coast and Byron Bay, all these places, they'll be pumping money into their tourism. So while 400000 really isn't a lot of money when it comes to advertising and tourism, so they spread that quite thinly throughout a lot of different areas and a lot of different fingers, and they contribute to a lot of bigger projects, so we get better bang for buck as well so you know 400,000 as far as advertising for 12 months for an international destination it's not much you know and I really do hope now we've got all this data and we've got this information it can be used really smartly. Douglas Chamber of Commerce you're helping them as well? Well last year of course we gave them a, a grant of the $50,000 and they had to do certain work over 12 months um, because the way their, their annual general meeting fell they didn't actually sign the contracts till later in the year I think it was September when they signed the contracts so they didn't actually start using that or progressing through it until after September. So they've come to us and say, listen, we're still three months behind um, because we started late. Can we just extend it again till September? And so that's what we've done. We've just given them that longer period to finish what they're required to do. I think we can always do better and we can always do more, but it's a really hard one because the people you know, that run the chamber, they're busy themselves at the moment. They've all got small businesses and they're crazy busy. They're all volunteers. Um, I believe they've now got one part-time person who's helping. And that's certainly, you can see that through the emails that are coming out, they're, they're very pro proactive and they're, they're good at getting some details through to us now. Do they need a full-time person? Well, I think most chambers do. You know, certainly Check Hands Chamber's got a full-time person. Um, it would be great if they could get one, but the budgets, again, they aren't there unless the businesses support chamber. So all the small businesses need to become members. You know, those memberships go to funding that body. And, you know, the more that join it, the more money they've got they could possibly get, you know, a full-time person in there to, you know, make sure they're interacting properly with the businesses. But um, there's certainly an improvement on what it used to be. You can definitely see that. I, you know, there's lots of events, there's breakfasts, they have lots of meeting, they're bringing people up here, they're doing training sessions, you know, and that's what we want from them. Great Barrier Reef Legacy came up next, Council Grants. Now, this was interesting. They're changing a project. They're changing the name of a project to Wales, I think. Can you please explain that one? So they put a grant application in to do a project. And unfortunately, because of external resources, they haven't been able to succeed in progressing with that project. So they've come back to us and said, listen, we don't want to give the money back to you because we've got lots of great projects. This is another one that we were looking at. Would you consider allowing us to do this project instead? which involves the whales and we looked at it and it certainly was another great project so it's well worth funding also so we just waited up rather than taking the money back off them we'd much rather see them do a good project and so we've changed that so they allow them to do it 
QAO interim management letter and you were talking about risk management there and Councillor Zamataro said, uh, and I think the other councillors were interested as well, there was information in that about the Daintree Ferry and they didn't know about that. Now, did they need to know that? Not really. Everyone knew there was a risk. It was a discussion that was had with the audit committee and that the audit committee is there to formulate different issues council may happen and may come across and of course risk management's one of those things. So a report was given to the audit committee and on that one of the things was the Daintree Ferry. Now as I said at the meeting if you didn't think the Daintree Ferry was a risk to the council and the place we were at something's really wrong okay we hadn't signed a contract we were wondering where we we're going to go what direction we were taking with it so of course it was a risk and it's something that was discussed with the audit committee but nothing that wasn't discussed with the councillors at workshops. And then we had Oh boy, oh boy. I think you'd better explain this. Councillor Zamataro came up with a motion. What was that motion? So the motion was, you know, unfortunately it was poorly written and it stated that all meetings um, have to be open to the public. For transparency. transparency. Now, you know, if that was to pass, that means anyone could say, well, you had a meeting in council between that staff member and yourself, that should be open to the public. You know, you had a meeting with the CEO at two o'clock to discuss, you know, what you were doing at the next council meeting. That needs to be open to the public. Yeah, it was so loosely said. And I think, unfortunately, what Council Zamataro was after was the workshops. Now, the workshops, they are paramount in making council run properly. And he wanted those open to the public. Yes. And the problem with that is that the staff often banter ideas with councillors, you know, that more than likely are, you know, risky at best when it comes to commercial and confidence you know um, there could be things that councillors could turn around and say blah 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 and get themselves in misconduct because they've got the wrong idea of what the staff are saying and the staff can say no no that's not the case it's actually this 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 and this so it's really important that we have a time where the staff are able to discuss everything with us openly and honestly you know give us frank information that we can make decisions about what we're going to allow go to the public. A good example was um, when we were looking at taking down the trees in Warner Street. You know, when the council, the staff came to us, they gave us five options. Now, if we'd put them out to the public, all hell would have broken loose getting rid of all the trees. You know, so we chose four options out of those five and said, these are the ones that we want to go out to the public because we think these are best. You know, so there's always reasons, you know, the staff, they're not politicians they're paid employees you know they deserve the rights to privacy as well if they were to stand there and start talking about something to councillors that could be quite a political conversation they're going to cop a lot of crap on social media because you know they've said such and such to councillors and that's not what they're there for they're staff their job is to present information to councillors and for us to make decisions based on that information so having that confidentiality and having that enclosed session is really important to allow the staff to come in and speak freely to us give us good information allow us to debate and argue things you know that we possibly wouldn't do in front of a, a public audience because you know it's sometimes it's not necessary you know the, the public want to know the details they want to know the facts they don't want to know all the banter in the background oh it is a joke it's um it was a um, poorly thought motion and um to include that all meetings are we do we want public to be involved in meetings between staff the ceo councillors and it, the list is endless but it, it is a very um poorly thought motion uh, transparency, well, come on, you know, um, previous council 
uh, with transparency um, should be questioned as well. But we are tr very transparent in what we do and I will admit I'm the first one in workshops that will rant and rave about um, if I don't believe that we're getting the full information that we need to make a decision. It's working a lot better with staff. They do now um, are bringing all the information to us, which they are trying to be very transparent, which is good. And but I don't believe that opening up our workshops is any benefit to the um, to anyone in this shire. And one of my main concerns about that is that um, it will put staff of the council on the front line to be ridiculed on um, social media and um, and they should be able to be able to speak freely to councillors and have an open discussion on what we um, they want to present to us but I've, the, the good uh, comments I do get from the public they are so happy with what we are doing at the moment and um, and everything's above board. The Mayor Michael Kerr called it a political stunt by Councillor Zamatara. your thoughts? Um, yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, Councillor Zamatara should have been um, a little bit moved forth and what he was trying to achieve out of this motion but um, and explain himself a little bit better and what he was trying to do, but unfortunately that didn't occur. So it's nothing other than just a political stunt. There was no body in the, in the motion that was put up, so I couldn't really make a judgment beforehand. Um, I, just, I just don't think we would be able to have a proper discussion you know, some of the things that we do say are pretty, um, pretty blunt. And uh, robust discussion. Look, yeah. I'm with you. I, I don't think those sort of workshops that councillors do, it's a private thing between you guys in a robust discussion. You wouldn't be able to say those things if the public were there. No, no, that's correct. So I think we'd be um, in court a lot with defamation and the, I don't think the council staff would tell us exactly what, how they feel and some of the information would not come through and we wouldn't be able to make a proper decision. And the way the whole thing was framed, it was this, you know, if you're going on bus trips, you know, the public could come with you. If you're uh, doing something, you know, where you, the, a couple of councillors want to discuss something in a workshop, they go with you. I mean, it's totally ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's um, just not, not plausible. Now, he's talking about transparency, but what happened to transparency in the last council that Councillor Zamataro was part of? Yeah, well, we all know what happened there. So um, with, with the things that Councillor Scommerson brought up, with the Qantas credits and a few other issues and, and the, the Daintree consultation and the Daintree ferry contract. So and the block of land, all that stuff? Yeah, all the block of land. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, don't, I don't know where he's coming from with that. Actually, Lisa Scommerson said bringing up transparency. What? Yeah, correct. You know, no, this is totally ridiculous. I mean, you guys should have your meetings, your workshop, I'm for transparency and the public being part of a lot of things to do with council. Those workshops are you guys, you know, talking it over. Are being honest with yeah. each other and putting our opinion across yeah. without, you know, consequence. And it comes back to a vote where the public are welcome. Yes, they are. Councillor Zamatara should have been a little bit more forward with his motion and explained exactly what he meant by all meetings and then they wanted to take off all meetings and have ordinary meetings. Well, ordinary meetings are already open to the public, so... Yeah, well, Councillor Noli and Zamatara had their own little meeting about uh, what should come off and what should come adjust this. To put up a good motion is to know exactly what you're going to talk about. So what I suggested is to put through an alternative motion, which I withdrew because I'm going to put through as a mayoral minute at the next meeting, and that's to bring forward the Building Douglas Committee. It's something we've been discussing now for 12 months, um, and I really do think it's a necessity. And what that does is it's like a normal council meeting, but it's not as strict. And 
things can be brought to that meeting by the staff and if it's something that involves a member of the community they'll be allowed to come in and actually have three minutes to speak and say their piece about what they think about it and it gives councillors a first-hand you know correspondence with people that will be affected by it and it allows the public to actually say things and because that will also be a public meeting so things can be brought to the public attention the public will have time to bring information back to councillors before it goes to an ordinary meeting and is actually finalised. I'm with you guys on this because these are council workshop, councillor workshops. We shouldn't be there. I mean, you know, I'm all for transparency, but these things you guys have got to nut out, and it's none of our business, quite frankly, at that stage. It really isn't. Well, you know, we're elected for a reason, yeah, and most people in the streets, you know, they're not interested except to make sure their rubbish gets picked up, they're not paying too much rates, the roads are drivable, yeah, and there's things for them to do around town and there's employment, yeah, and they're things that council does. And when it comes to all the nitty-gritty bits that we talk about in workshops, yeah, it's not a case of not being transparent, it's a case of not boring you silly with stuff that you don't really need to know until the details come out where you can see all the details but this is what we're planning to do not what we're discussing about what might happen in the future no i'm with you guys on this one uh councillor zamataro had to apologize well we were in a meeting and there's things that you can say and things you can't say when you're a public meeting and you know I... and what did he say well, he's, he was just a little bit abrupt, and I think it was important to pull him up and just to say that no, no, we're in a public meeting. No, that's enough. Yeah, yeah, because he said it was all stupid and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, you talk about transparency. He talks about transparency. Was there much transparency in the previous council with blocks of land and carbon credits? Well, if I believed there was, I wouldn't be sitting here because that's the reason I ran. It was because I did not agree with the transparency that was happening. There was things that were being done and locked in closed sessions of uh, council meetings, never to be discussed with the public. That, and there are things that I believe should have been discussed. And there are things, of course, that are brought out and things that were mentioned over the election campaign. And, you know, I am absolutely solid that I want a transparent council. Anything that's going to majorly affect our community the community need to know about it because it's their money that's something i keep saying we're not using our money it's their money they need to be aware of what we're spending it on thank you very much mayor kerr thank you very much and don't forget if you're going to do it do it in douglas